Well, throughout the Bible, we see that words matter. Words matter. The Bible itself is a book written to us by God. That God chose to reveal himself through words, right? Not just through pictures or the created world around us, although we learn some about him through that. But he chose to reveal himself mainly through the Bible, through words. And so words matter. And we know that not all words are created equally, right? In some matters, my words carry more weight or your words carry more weight because of our experience or expertise, right? But we know that when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to God's words, his words carry ultimate weight, ultimate influence because his words are really what determines reality, right? His words are unparalleled, unmatched. Who has, who has words like God's words, right? Who has created galaxies out of nothing with their words? Who has, like God, predicted all things and has that ability with their words because he, he knows all things, he has all power, he is able in his words to do that. He is in his words able to heal the sick, bring sight to the blind, even raise the dead, right? He, through his words, offers forgiveness of sins. His words have the, the power and make the difference between really eternal life and eternal death. Only God's words do all these things. Words matter. And this morning we are beginning a, a four-part series on the church. And I'm calling it Church Equipped Through the Word. And so we're going to see throughout this how words matter and how God has given us his word and how it's central to the church and what the church is about. And this morning we're going to focus in on the overall mission of the church. We're going to look at the book of Acts and see how in the book of Acts there's this emphasis on God's word and how the church grows through the word. And so if you have a Bible this morning, I invite you to turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and we will read verses 1 through 21 in Acts chapter 4 together this morning. Acts chapter 4. And as they were speaking to the people, that's Peter and John, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, 
whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who had healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may be spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. And I'll continue through 31, actually. When they were released, they, were, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said to the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servants whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Amen. May God open our eyes to see amazing truths from his word this morning. So. As we think about the book of Acts, I don't know if you've ever had this thought when you've read through the book. I know I've had this thought. You read through and you see all these amazing things happening in the book, right? You see how God is saving people daily, it says at some points, how people are being healed, how the church is uh, living in this extraordinary way and communicating with each other, communing with each other, sharing, having things in common, not considering uh, themselves better than another person, but looking after the needs of others. This just amazing community, this amazing work that God does in the book of Acts. And I think, man, I wish it was like that. Who wouldn't want that, right? That work of God among us. And so when we read through this book, we see, we see that at some points there's this what we might describe as extraordinary work of God, these miraculous things. There's, there's really no other way to describe it. It's a, it's a work of God. And the book of Acts makes it very clear that this is, this is what God's doing. God is doing this through these people. 
right? But as we read through the book of Acts, as we observe what's going on, we see that there's not just these extraordinary things that are happening, but there's, there's something consistent. There's, a, there's an ordinary, an everyday, a consistent, a normal, you might say, way that God is working in the book of Acts. And we see some of that in our passage that we read this morning, that he was working through his word, through the proclamation of his word. And that was the consistent thing we see all throughout the book. We know that in Acts 1.8, that gives us the, the framework of the book, right? Jesus said that you will be my witnesses, first in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth, right? And we see that right then, that's when the disciples were thinking, they had just asked, if you remember the context, they had asked, when is the kingdom coming? When are you going to set up your kingdom now? Is your kingdom coming now? And Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't tell them when the kingdom would come, but he told them how it was coming. And that was his answer. He said it was going to come through you being my witnesses. That was what they needed to focus on. And we see that throughout the book. And we know that really even today, we know what witnesses do. Witnesses always have a message, right? There's always a message that the witness has to tell. We think of courtroom settings. There's always something for them to say. And the message, the witness of the disciples wasn't hard to figure out. We, we read it this morning that their witness, it says in chapter 4, was a testimony to the resurrection of Jesus there in 433. That was their message, their testimony, that it was about Jesus, that the Lord has come. Jesus is Lord. He came and he was rejected, and he was killed on a cross, and then he rose again, and now through his death, through his sacrifice in our place, he offers us forgiveness, and he offers to bring us into his kingdom, so we can be made a part of his people again, and so we can follow. If we receive his forgiveness, if we submit to him as Lord, then we will be made a part of his kingdom, and and then that is good news. The coming of the Lord is good news for us because we won't be destroyed, but we'll be saved and in his kingdom. That was their message. That's really a summary of what the gospel is, the good news of the Bible. And so throughout this book, we see the disciples proclaiming that message, not just the apostles, not just the 12, but really every single believer proclaimed that message. And it wasn't just that narrow focus of the message. We see that throughout the book, they, they proclaimed an all-encompassing message. They proclaimed the whole counsel of God. That's how it's described later in the book, in chapter 20, that Paul proclaimed the whole counsel of God. And so they didn't just talk about how people could be forgiven of sins, but they talked about how Jesus as Lord, how that forgiveness, that gospel matters not just for the point of salvation, but it matters for all of our life. It matters really for all of the world, all of history, right? And so throughout the book, we see that they're proclaiming this message. And we could summarize it and say that over and over they are proclaiming the word of God, right? That's the summary we could say. In the book of Acts, God's word was advancing, and we see that throughout the book. I'll kind of walk through a couple, just highlight a couple of points throughout the book. 
We see in Acts 2 and 3, right? Peter stands up and he preaches. And what does he preach? He preaches from the the word of God, what God had prophesied was going to happen and what had happened, right? We see in, as we read this morning in chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested. They're arrested and then they pray that they would have boldness to continue to speak the word. That was their focus. That was their prayer. They knew they needed that and they prayed for it. And then in the next chapter, chapter 5, they are speaking all the words of this life, so much so that it says that they filled all of Jerusalem with their teaching. They were proclaiming the word so much so that everyone in the city knew what they were about, knew what they were saying. And then continuing as controversy arose, not outside the church, but within the church, the, the apostles, Peter and all the other leaders, they got together and they said... This is important. This matters. This controversy needs to be dealt with. But, but we have something that we must be doing, that we must devote ourselves to the word of God and to prayer. They knew that the, the ministry of the word of God was the, the foundational thing that mattered more than getting everything else right. They had to get that right. And so that was their focus in that controversy within the church was, what does the word of God say? How can I minister the word more? And then we remember Stephen, right? He preaches the word and he's brought before the council and continues to preach the word to his accusers. And then he's, he's killed and his persecution starts. And they continue to proclaim the word even through persecution. They're scattered. They have to leave some of them. But they continue wherever they go to proclaim the word. And we see that in Acts chapter 9 through 11. Not just Peter and the apostles and the original 12 disciples. But everyone, all the believers continue to proclaim this word. And so throughout the book we see that the word of God is proclaimed to to Jews to Gentiles, to to rich, to political leaders, to those engaged in sorcery, to what we might call blue-collar workers, right? To poor people. They proclaim the word to everyone. To people who thought it was ridiculous. To people who responded with violence. They continued to proclaim the word. They proclaimed it to everyone, right? That was their focus over and over. We see this refrain throughout the book that the word of God was proclaimed. And so we see that this is the theme, that God was using his word to advance the church, to grow the kingdom, really. It was through his word that God was working through it, both to bring about acceptance and we see that as they proclaimed it, it brought about opposition as well. Right, But this was the message of how people were saved, encouraged, and strengthened. It was through the word of God. And so the early church, we would say, is, is founded on the word of God. We read that throughout the book of Acts, that really if we're reading carefully, right, that the word of God is central to the early church. And when we understand that, we understand that the purpose of the church then And the purpose of the church today is the same, is proclaiming the word, keeping the word central, proclaiming that message of the gospel of Jesus, and then also the whole counsel of God. That is, that was their mission then, that's our mission now. That was how God 
advanced his church then and advanced the kingdom. That's how God continues to do that today is through the proclamation of his word. And so as that happens, as the word is proclaimed, it does really does probably four things. Uh, Maybe more depends on how you categorize it. But as the words proclaim that people are equipped to mutually edify each other. So as you know the word, you're able to encourage each other. You're able to build each other up, right? As, as the word is proclaimed in the church, we know that people are equipped to live holy lives. So thinking more personally of how we follow God and his, his righteous law of Christ really in us. And we live a life of godliness. As his word is proclaimed, we'll be equipped to do those good works not just live a certain moral character in our lives, but to be able to impact others, to do good to others. And as the word is proclaimed, we'll be equipped to to evangelize, to share that word with others. As we receive it, as we hear it, then we'll be able to talk about it with other people, right? These are really, those are the four major categories of what it means to be a Christian, what it means to live the Christian life. And the church is equipping us for all those things as it proclaims the word of God. Now, that's the mission. That's the, that's the pattern that we see in the early church is through proclaiming the word, we are equipped to live this out. And so the early church kept the word of God central. There's a phrase that gets repeated throughout the book of Acts. We see it in chapter 6. Verse 7, we see it in chapter 19, we see it in chapter 13, and there's this phrase, the word of God increased. The word of God increased. And so really, the focus of the book of Acts is almost more not about the church growing and advancing, but really it talks more about the word of God increasing and growing and advancing. And it's almost secondary. As the word of God increases and grows and advances, then, of course, the church will follow. But the focus is on the word of God throughout the book. And that's helpful for us as well. It's a helpful focus for us to have in our brains. It's it's subtle, but it really helps us to have the right goals, the right mindsets, both as individuals and as a church, that the focus, the goal is the word of God increasing. Right. It's uh, it's not that we have a certain amount of people show up on a Sunday. It's not that we have a certain budget in our church. It's not uh, it's not these other peripheral goals, you might say. But as we focus on the word of God increasing, it changes our, our focus, our attitudes, our mindsets. And we see this maybe specifically the most in chapter 12, verses 24. And this chapter again says that the word of God increased and multiplied. And so this is at the end of chapter 12. And it's right after Herod has given this speech. So it's a contrast between really the words of Herod and the word of God. And Herod is... He gives this speech to the people and they're praising him and he is struck dead by God because it says that he didn't give glory to God. He didn't exalt God. He just took the praise and embraced it and he thought he was amazing, right? But God struck him down and right after that, 
In contrast to Herod and his words that built himself up and made him look good, it says that he died, but the word of God increased and multiplied. And that's instructive, again, to us individually and as a church, that the goal is uh, the thing that is going to help us increase, to help the word of God increase, is not necessarily having someone like Herod, who's maybe a dynamic speaker, a dynamic pastor, right? The word of God as, uh, as dynamic and not monotone as I am uh, sometimes, but those things are not really what, what drives the increase of the word of God. Right? The word of God is not necessarily going to increase through people like Herod who want the focus to be on them and how amazing they're doing. Right? The wisdom of this world, the, the philosophies of self-help or self-love, those aren't the things that are going to, to increase the word of God. Those are what Herod focused on. And we see what his end was. The Lord struck him dead. It's not through using political power to try to convert people as has been tried throughout history and has failed. It's not going to be those things that increase the word of God. As we're talking about the church, as we're thinking about the word of God increasing, it's going to be through God's word and giving the glory to him as we proclaim it. That as we proclaim this message, as we focus on it, and we rely that God will increase his word as we proclaim it, as we embed it in us, then that will, that will lead to the glory of God. It will exalt him. It will give him praise individually in our lives and as a church as a whole. And so as we do that, we can be confident. As we focus on the word of God, we can be confident that we're exalting him. We're not exalting ourselves. And the disciples in the early church, they knew this. They relied on that. They relied on the word of God to change people. That it was the word of God that brought people in. And so time and again, when they could have gone lots of different directions in their focus, they, they made the word of God continually their focus, proclaiming it, teaching it, teaching it specifically with the gospel and broadly as the whole counsel of God. That was the mission of the church. And that's still our mission today. That's our mission today. It will have a similar impact in our lives when we embody, when we embed the, the word of God in us and proclaim it to others. It will have some who receive it and some who reject it. Right? These same responses are the same responses we see today. But it's really a great thing that this is our, our goal as a church. This is how the church has always functioned, really. That the word of God increasing is our focus. And that's a good thing because that's a goal that's achievable. Right? I don't know if you've thought about this, but we can always take steps right now. There's always a next step to take that's achievable to increase the word of God in us to meet that goal, so to speak, right? So we can, we can read throughout the book. We can see how they were always increasing the word, and we can increase the word through pretty small things, really. We have the ability to read the Bible, right? If we, if we hear this word that we're supposed to increase the word, and it confronts us, and we think, I'm not really doing that how I should be. 
like, I'm not sure I could say, if you look at my life, just like you looked at the book of Acts, I'm not sure you would say the same thing about my life, that my focus is about increasing the word. Well, if that's the case, there's always something we can do. We can always read the word more. We can always listen to the word. There are ways to increase the word in our own lives. I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's an amazing thing, the technology we have to just listen to the Bible through apps or CDs. I had a CD growing up, but now it's all through apps. But um, you can listen to the New Testament in roughly 19 hours, which is not, I mean, it sounds like a little bit of time, but it's really not that much time. Think about how quickly you could do that uh, just through driving. If you just turn it on in the car, there are lots of ways, even just through that, that we can increase the word in us. We can focus on the word a little bit more. We can read it. We can listen to it. We can, we can memorize it, right? We can, we can take steps right now. There's always a step that we can take to increase the word in our lives. And that's our mission as a church, as individuals. We can, we can always achieve that goal. And so it's really, it's a good thing that this is our goal, right? Sometimes goals we set are, are beyond us, right? But God has given us this goal to increase his word in us. And that's something that's always achievable. And even though it's always achievable, there's always something that's right there for us to, to reach out and do. It's always a goal that's driving us forward as well, because not only is it, is it simple to be able to do, but there's, there's always more ways we can do that. There's always more ways we can increase the word, right? There's always more people around us to talk to about the word, whether that's people that are more mature in the faith that we can hear from them and learn from them, right? Or whether that's people who are less mature in the faith that we can bring alongside of us and help them understand it better and uh, make it a part of their lives, right? There are always more people around us who, who we can talk about the gospel with or we can talk about what we've been learning in the word of God, what we've heard in a sermon, what we've been thinking about through something we've been reading, right? There's always more. And that's, that's really, it shows us the genius of God, how his, his ways, his, his thoughts are so much beyond us because it's, it's something that's always right there that's very achievable and something that's always driving us forward, the word of God as our goal. And so we'll never, we'll never get stagnant if the word of God is our goal. We'll always continue to, to be moving forward. We'll be pushed forward by this. And so the disciples knew that Jesus had called them to be witnesses, to proclaim this message. And so they proclaimed the word of God. They knew that this was the mission given to them by Jesus, that this was their message, message this was their mission. And so when they were well received, they proclaimed the word of God. When they were misunderstood, they continue to proclaim the word of God, right? When they were persecuted or when violence was committed against them, they continue to proclaim the word of God. And so over and over again, we see the disciples in the book of Acts make this their mission to proclaim the word of God. They knew that this was their only way to complete the mission of God. They knew that this was their only weapon, so to speak, that the sword of the spirit, the word of God, was what they would use to advance the kingdom of God. 
And so this truth really has, it has implications in all of our lives, in our families, as we live as citizens here in America, as we spend our time and money. When we, when we know that our mission is the word of God, then it, it'll have an impact. It'll have a, a priority in our lives. It'll affect how we set our goals, how we spend our time, right? It'll affect how we think about things, how we talk about things with others. And so just like the disciples, may we be people individually and as a church who make this our mission as well, who understand that this is our God-given mission to, to increase the word of God, to see it increase among us. And so as with, as with every sermon, this sermon is not meant to just be heard, right? James says that we need to be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so to be a doer takes, it takes some work. It takes some thinking. It takes some understanding of the Bible. And we have to, we have to think about not just what the Bible says, but we have to think about ourselves. How do we line up with the Bible or how do we not line up with the Bible, right? How can we change our lives continually so that our lives are more and more in line with the ways of God? And so that's our mission. And as we have a, a time of response this morning, as you and as you go home, really, even after you leave today, I'd encourage you to think about that. How does your life line up with this mission to increase the word of God? If someone were to look at your life, just like we can look back at the book of Acts as sort of a biography, you might say, of the early church, would someone say the same thing about your biography, that the word of God was central, that it was something that was increasing in them? And what would be the next step in that? How would, how would you take that next step to see that mission and goal accomplished? So let's pray together this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. That your word is more precious to us than silver, more precious to us than gold. That you have given us the words of life. So where else would we go? You have the words of life. That we live by your word. God, I pray that we would love your word, that you would grow in us a desire for your word, and that as we desire it, as we read it, and we see its beauty and your glory through it, that it would change us and that we would share that with others as well. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.